This episode has been brought to you in part by the Azrieli Music Prizes. Join them in celebrating artistic excellence at the AMP Gala Concert, live from Maison Symphonique in Montreal, happening October 20th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Orchestre Metropolitain will premiere award-winning music by laureates Aharon Harla, Iman Habibi, and Rita Ueda. Learn more at azrielifoundation.org backslash AMP. Time no see. I thought you got lost. Oh, it's uh, good thing long, you found my house. It's been a long, long yeah. time. It's so good to yeah, see you. Great to, no, That's what it sounded like when filmmaker Alan Schwartz brought his camera crew to the Toronto home of an old Hebrew school chum, Ted Zlotnick. Both men had grown up in Oshawa and were part of a group of 10 Jewish boys who spent 1973 studying for their bar mitzvahs. Theirs was the largest ever bar mitzvah cohort that the tight-knit Jewish community in Oshawa, east of Toronto, had ever had. In the intervening 49 years, the Hebrew school boys mostly lost touch. Many moved away, they went to school, they started their careers, they had families. During the pandemic, Alan Schwartz decided he wanted to know what happened to his boyhood friends. So his docuseries was born. It's called Tracking the Ten. And it's just been released on national Canadian television. We were basically the Maccabees. We were. We were all very proud. We all stuck together. We all had these great classes. We all had great times. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, October the 3rd, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Alan Schwartz's folks helped build Oshawa's first synagogue, Beth Zion, on King Street, where he and the others would have their bar mitzvahs. You might have heard of Schwartz's late mother, Marion. She was famous in her own right, hosting a popular TV talk show called The Bubby Break for seniors. For his film, Alan spent months doing detective work to find the other nine boys to learn how that seminal experience of being Jewish in small-town Oshawa impacted their lives today as they mark turning 62. Some have grandkids, one survived prostate cancer, there have been a couple of divorces and the loss of their own parents. We spoke with Alan Schwartz, the filmmaker, and with two of the other ten, Evan Kalnitsky, a retired social services worker, and Dave Schwartz, an emergency room doctor who lives in Thornhill. They had not spoken to each other for years before we put them together for our interview. And Evan was surprised when Dr. Dave disclosed that he had become an observant Jew. Shabbos? Yeah. Listen, it took many years, Evan. It took many yeah. years of, mm. of uh, coaxing. and But honestly, Evan, what did it for me, what cemented it was, that, and, and in, the, in the same vein, I want to wish my condolences uh, for you for having lost your, your dad recently. Same recently. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. I, I remember, Evan, I, I treated your mom... Uh, on at least yeah. one occasion, maybe a few she, occasions in the hospital. She told me. She told, she told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Evan, it was it, with the passing of dad that, that really, you know, cemented my uh, observance because 
you know, I, I wasn't finding comfort from, from any other idea, any other, um, you know, address at all. And, and uh, our Yiddishkeit is what, is what uh, began, you know, answering some of my questions and, and just making me feel, feel uh, whole again. I'm sorry for those, you know, about your parents as well. It's, it's a, all of our parents. You know? All of our parents. So you guys were all together in a bar mitzvah class. Yes. And how did this idea come about for you to track the 10? I often wondered what happened to these amazing guys. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday, I spent uh, two hours with, with them in our Hebrew school. And then during our bar mitzvah classes, it was more intense. And then we all kind of lost track of each other. And I just wondered, I wondered, I knew David was uh, practicing emergency medicine and was doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, I have to, I have to salute him for his work during uh, the pandemic. And again, David, thank you for your courage and, and for being there for people. And Evan, Evan was always the uh, straw that stirred the drink. And I just wanted to find out how life had treated them. And if they were still the same kind of people as adults, as they were as kids. And I can honestly and truthfully tell you without giving away everything that I wasn't disappointed for one second. They were all phenomenal representatives of our bar mitzvah class of Jewishness and of life and uh, exceptionally good people. Now, not everybody wanted to participate. You guys uh, maybe haven't seen the whole series, but I saw some people didn't want to. How did that work out and why? Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. One guy um, sent a very lovely note that basically explained that he was very involved with uh, owning a series of uh, franchises of a major business. And he was concerned in regards to dealing with employees and uh, dealing with suppliers. And he just wanted to keep his personal life personal. And that was fine. Um, the second guy I never heard from, I basically was relayed messages via his mother. The third guy was the most unbelievable, simply because his father was a Cohen who was very instrumental of, uh, at running the best Zion synagogue in Oshawa for all the years. And he didn't have the courtesy or the decency to say, kiss my butt, didn't send an email, didn't return a phone call, nothing. He ghosted, so as far you, as, he ghosted you. Not only did he ghost me, he... He disappointed me. So, Dr. Schwartz, I guess I could, Swartz, I can call you. Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah, please. You, you were saying before that you became religious. You, you became more mm -hmm. religious. But when you guys were going to Cheder, yes. how would you called it? Or Sunday school? Cheder, sure. Uh -huh. Cheder. At, th at that age, boys cannot sit for so long after a whole day of school it just is impossible yeah, how, did that, it, how do you remember hater were you guys into it or are you, you were yeah it was, it was just normal it was part of life look then it's as you describe it i i wouldn't say uh that that we were so into it and yes it was an after school program and and uh, like alan said it was three times a week and yet like evan says True enough. It, it just became a part of our life. I guess, you know, in Oshawa, growing up in Oshawa, I guess we all sensed that, that 
you know, there was, we, we had to do something to, to maintain our heritage and to, and to give um, credence to, to uh, uh, who we were. And so we accepted it. I mean, did we, did we play around? Did we sometimes test the teachers? Sure we did, but, but I didn't see any of us trying to duck the classes or to check out while we were there. It, that was just our other side that, that we kept largely hidden from view while growing up in, in Oshawa, uh, which was, was, was about yeah, as secular didn't. and blue collar in those days as it came. Tell me more about that. You kept it hidden. What does that look like and why? That's very interesting. Well, because, you know, I, I often said that growing up in Oshawa was pretty much like growing up on, on a different planet. It, we were so different than our counterparts in Toronto. I mean, cousins, uh, you know, uh, of mine uh, in those days, I mean, they would go to school. They knew other Jewish people. Uh, look, Evan and Alan, you guys uh, grew up, you know, a little further away from from my neighborhood. I mean, in in my entire school growing up, there might have been one or two other Jews in different grades that I didn't know well because they weren't part of our group of 10. You know, so it was very, very much something where uh your jewishness was was very hidden and and uh, you know in those days in oshawa that was probably a good place to keep it hidden from view unfortunately because it was just something that was not you know so well known about and acceptance was uh, not always readily available, you know. So at, were you at, guys bullied? Was there anti-Semitism? Do you want to give yeah. me an example? And yeah. you wanted- I was uh, basically bullied, beat, beaten up quite a few times in public school, after school, once, once my brothers went to high school. It was just something I lived with. You know? But you know what, Ellen? We all had to learn how to fight. Yeah, when we, when we had to have our confrontations we had our confrontations and we dealt with it it makes us who we are that's right now that you've gone through this did you find that people are still connected to the jewish community they still go to shul or they still feel jew obviously with dr swartz you are but the other other ones and and maybe you can speak to what that looks like in your own life alan i'm extremely proud to be jewish i go to shul uh, on Shabbos on a regular basis. We have a beautiful shul in Whitby, Chabad of Whitby with Rabbi Bornstein. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm very, very proud. And the commonality of, of the guys, I, I don't know about how religious everybody is, but uh, very proudly Jewish, all the guys held on to their Jewishness. I, I actually think that their appearances, David's, Evan's, Martin, Larry, uh, Sean, all the guys who came on, I'm sorry if I left a couple people out, all the people who came on um, were making a very strong statement that the past did influence their present. Yes. And um, that they um, never shirked their their Jewishness. And, you know, it's funny because uh, running into Evan, Evan was a guy who was at synagogue when we were growing up every, every Saturday. And he amazed me 
during the docuseries. It's not in the episode that uh, is currently available. But Evan remembered the Hebrew names of all the guys that were called up for Elias. We had a, a better Jewish education than half the kids that used to go to campus that were from Toronto or Montreal. Wow. 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 And Believe Evan, that. you went to camp in those days. You went to Camp Mosheva and you came back like a like a like a, a pro. You came back knowing how to daven, understanding the, the halachot way better than all the rest of us. How did you each feel about having participated in this and what um, emotions, you know, did it bring up for you while you were doing it? Go ahead, David. All right. Beautiful, beautiful. And it and 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 like Alan said, you know, it, it's easy for us to to sense the the uh, the neshama in Evan and in the, in the rest of the participants. You know, we're we're a result of, you know, the forces that were at play to 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 mold us in the first place. And I see, you know, the the strong Jewish core and in Evan and in Alan and the the sensitivity and the 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 menschlichkeit I I see it and I sense it in in both of them and 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 I it it reaffirms my faith in the background that we had so now that the next step is Evan how has it been for you to be on camera and, and remember all these things with people that you really haven't seen in so many years I, I agree with everything you said you know, was, so now don't you guys all want to be together and get yeah, like a dinner yeah. somewhere? Alan's promised us. Yeah. Alan's promised us a reunion. Uh, we, we actually tried a few times, Alan, to uh, get the reunion happening. But I did make a commitment to all the guys that we are definitely going to have it happen. Well, yeah. we better do it before Baycrest starts calling us, you know? By the way, Alan Schwartz even found the rabbi who taught them all. Rabbi Eliezer Langer. He was an American rabbinical student at the time, just 27 years old, in Oshawa for his first official posting before he was even ordained. Langer's now in his early 70s and works as a rabbi in Austin, Texas. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Malvina Clagg of Montreal. She wrote in about our episode about the death of Queen Elizabeth because her late father, Leo Clagg, had fond memories of the Queen's father, King George, when Leo was rescued from the Holocaust and taken from Berlin to England after Kristallnacht in 1938. Now, he wasn't on a kinder transport train. It was a separate and much less well-known British rescue project called the Kitchener Camp, literally an old World War I camp where 4,000 Jewish young men were rescued in 1939. They weren't allowed to stay very long, though. Britain shipped many of them out to Canada as enemy aliens in 1940, where Leo Clagg stayed in an internment camp south of Montreal for two years before he was freed. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again Tuesday for our show on the eve of Yom Kippur.